Hi, my name is Scott Schweitzer and I am the Clydesdale. My friends Amy Radowski, Charlie Yodi, Kat Shear love fitness as a sport as much as I do. We are all 40 plus Masters Age athletes who give all we have to lead a healthy, active life. We also want to bring you athlete interviews, human interest stories, and all the news surrounding the sport of fitness. If you like what you hear, consider giving us a five-star rating and writing a review. We are also available with full video on YouTube at the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast, as well as all traditional podcast platforms. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at the Clydesdale underscore fitness and friends. And now, off to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast. Hi, and thanks for tuning in. I wanted to remind you of our Road to a Thousand Subscribers giveaway that we have going on our YouTube channel. If you subscribe and have a public profile, you'll be entered to win a free RX Smart Gear original jump rope. You'll get to pick the pattern of the handles, the color and weight of the cable, and you'll be getting one of the best-selling, best-performing jump ropes out there. Every time we hit a new century mark with the number of subscribers to our channel, we'll randomly select a new winner. And our friend Dave Newman is going to throw in a little something extra for each winner. So a special thanks to our sponsor, RX Smart Gear, to Dave Newman for being such a great partner, and to you for being a loyal listener. Good luck, and I hope you are our next winner. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. I wanted to talk to you about our new sponsor, Element 26. They are an innovative company producing lots of products around the CrossFit, Strongman, powerlifting space. They have weightlifting belts. They have knee sleeves. They have thumb tape. Um, They have these cool little straps that go around the bars when you're um, trying to attach a bar to the rig and maybe using it for low bar work, like pull-ups for little kids or some modifications for like um, bar muscle-ups when you're trying to teach someone to do them. And you know how you wrap those rubber bands around the rig and the J hook to kind of keep everything straight. Well, they made straps for that. And their straps kind of like the straps you use for rings. Um, they have a really secure um, system on it and you can wrap around the bar and keep that nice and secure. I love their innovation. Their, um, their product development team is top notch and they're just coming up with really um, different ideas for our space. So check them out at element26.co. That's element26.co and tell them Kat sent you. Well, I am super stoked. Um, for our listeners, we are here with Travis Meyer and uh, Travis Mayer. I'm so hey, nervous. I'm going to tell go, you. Go. I'm going to tell you. I'm nervous. Uh, this is a fanboy moment for me. <laughs> uh, you are one of my favorite CrossFitters. Oh, uh, thanks. I appreciate it. Um, we have done 200 and some episodes, and I'm more nervous today than I was for any of the other ones. Oh, well, I appreciate that. That, that makes me feel well, honored. Yeah, you didn't you didn't call him Trevor and you didn't call him Travis Williams. So we're we're already much better ahead of the game. Much better place than usual. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of times my name has been butchered or confused for someone else has happened quite frequently. <laughs> it's so yeah. bizarre too, because it's really not that difficult. But I yeah, mean I've messed it up. Logic has always been if you can get Bjork Carl Goodmanson and you can't get right. Travis Aaron, I don't know what <laughs> What we're missing, we're missing something that won't allow people to pronounce it correctly, but it's okay. No grudges. Yeah. I love what your wife did with the uh, hello, my name is when you got oh. home from the Mac. Well, I pulled up and so like I drove up because it was just a couple hour drive. And then as soon as I pulled into the neighborhood and then I got to our house, like there was balloons, all this stuff set up. I'm like, what has happened? 
And then she started playing that song and did all of it. And I was cracking up. It was funny. Um, but yeah, definitely a, a great wife to do that, to make it a fun experience to come home to. <laughs> yeah. So that, yeah, let's start there. Um, so we're Travis Mayer, um, multiple time games competitor, super cool dude. Um, you and your wife, how did you meet Lauren, right? Yeah, so my wife's name's Lauren. She was doing her master's at Kennesaw in body fat analysis. And one of my good friends at the time was in her class and she pretty much just needed people to come in and get data based on body fat and just more people for results. So he was like, hey, do you want to come get like a bipod, a DEXA? And I think just like the traditional handheld one. And I was like, yeah, sure. Like I'll go in and see, um, at that point in time, like was just kind of getting more into the personal training side of things into CrossFit very early. Um, and I was like, yeah, I want to see my body fats at, and then ended up walking in. And I mean, of course she's very beautiful. And then I ended up, so you have to get into like a swim cap and the speedo more or less because you just have to be in pretty much like nothing almost and so i walked in and then flexed for her. i always say that's when she fell in love but she probably say differently than what i would say um but no that was kind of like the first introduction of meeting her and then we had i think i had an event and she reached out and was just like hey how'd it go how'd you competition end up and then that rest was kind of history we just kind of continued to keep talking throughout it and then now fast forward like 10 years later from that and married and four kids and living the dream. Yeah. It's always a speedo and a swim cap that turns the women on. That's what I hear. <laughs> yeah. It was a pink swim cap too. So, I mean, it really had to, that had to be what really got her that time I would say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All I can picture is like Mr. Bean or something in some kind of comedy routine. I mean, that's probably what it was kind of like of me just walking in and, I mean, she didn't know who I was. So the fact that I'm just walking in and then I flex and just kind of this stranger, who's this guy like think he is. Um, but at that point I was, I was young and dumb, but it was funny. Um, now looking back on it. So you were, you were married pretty young. Yeah. So 24. Yep. And then we had our first kid at 25 or my first kid at 25. So my wife's five years older. And then yeah, another kid at, 20, let's see, 15, 17, 19, 21 have when they've all been born. So six, four, two, and currently nine months are the wow. age gap. So that's quite a balance. Uh, you know, four kids, you own an affiliate, you're a games competitor. How does, how does that all that work? Yeah. So, I mean, I think the biggest thing is just having a good structure at home and kind of the balance of every Tuesday, Thursday, I have the kids with me. They like on Tuesday, they'll come to the gym. My mom will meet me here and watch them while I train. Then on Thursdays, they're with me all day. And then Monday, Wednesday, Friday, they go to a daycare. Um, so just kind of a good overall balance between how we structure it um, between like, and then my wife will pick them up if I need to train a little bit longer on some days or whatever needs to happen, we just kind of go with the flow and make it almost like seamless and not to stress. Like if I get a call from daycare, then I just leave the gym and I go pick them up because that's the dad thing to do. That's the right thing to do. I brought them into this world. I'm going to do everything I can to help them. And I think a lot of times people get frustrated and upset that like they can't finish the training session or whatever. And I think it's allowed me to balance how I train 
how I handle things kind of in life of like, however, it's kind of thrown at you just kind of like accept it, roll with the punches and kind of keep going. And I think kids have definitely taught me that more than anything else of just things are going to be all over the place at times. It's going to be wild. It's going to be crazy, but you just kind of keep going with it. And I think it's allowed me to structure my training and program to get the most out of the time I actually have inside the gym. So whether it's like, okay, I know with this two hour block, I need to make sure I'm training after that block. I need to then go and do gym stuff. And then after that, I'm going to go back and do another training session. And then I need to coach. And then after that, I'll do another session. And it's just kind of allowed me to prioritize the things that are important to get still plenty of family time in at home to where I'm not really training too much at home. I tried not to do that as much as I can. I try to keep that for like in the gym. And then when I'm at home, trying to be more present and focused on family at home. Um, so from that side of things, well, there we go. Uh, just trying to stay present. Um, and I think that's kind of a big thing of we all get distracted in the social media worlds and everything else. It's very easy to get distracted and not being present. And I think that's just something we try to work on and do that allows me to kind of train the way I have and continue to have the success and not feel like I'm taking away time for my kids of me being home because when that time of me being home is more for them. I think that's great advice for anybody in the working world. Like when you're, when you're at work, you're at work. And when you're at home, you're at home and you leave work behind um, yeah. and you be present with your family. I think I, I love that advice. It's something that I did probably 10 years ago because I didn't have that balance and it was not a good thing. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a hard thing to balance because I mean, your work's what's paying the bills. Your work is what's helping you get to goals or whatever it is you're trying to accomplish to potentially do those things outside of whatever line of work you're doing. But you still have to make sure that like at the end of the day, if you were to die, like your work doesn't care. Like they can replace you immediately, but your family and loved ones, the time you take away from them and that, that's what's going to be remembered. And I think that's something I try to do is just make sure I spend as much time with my family and enjoy all those like little moments with them. So you own an affiliate. Um, yep. How much of that of your day is spent running the affiliate as opposed to training? Or do you have like a good staff? Yeah. So I have a pretty good staff here in the kind of structure. And I feel like that's kind of been over the time of when I like first started, I used to like coach every class. I used to literally do everything. And I've definitely learned that's not the way to do it, but starting out sometimes that's just what you have to do. And I, did that at a young age that now I'm to a point where like I have a GM who handles like all the on-site stuff. If someone comes in, how they go into the onboarding process before they go into a class and like she sets up all of that. So I don't even have to be concerned with that. And then, I mean, throughout, I mean, I'm definitely doing stuff every day, but it kind of fluctuates and varies on what things we have planned and going on inside the gym, how we're structuring new on-ramp programs, combining different classes, just kind of the normal gym stuff um but yeah i definitely have a good group here on site that allows me to once i'm in the gym i chat with members and i coach six classes a week so i do like a monday noon then i do wednesday p.m and then i do a saturday morning so i try to get to most classes and i'm usually here from eight o'clock to three o'clock every day um so it's usually like the very early early morning people and the late PM people that I don't see as much, but 
it still gives me enough time that I'm almost at most of the class times or around that, that I still kind of see everybody because I think that's super important to still as an owner, be tied in with the community and still see everybody, talk to everybody, see how they're doing, talk to them, see if there's anything you need to change, alter from like the business side of things. And I think part of that is still being integrated into that time of like, I'm not at that point, like working with gym stuff, but I'm like, interacting with them and still creating that relationship that in return is going to help us in the long run. Well, what's awesome is Kat is actually on day eight of owning the keys to her new oh. affiliate space. Congratulations. Um, yeah. She's you. moving it from her garage to a full, full building. Oh, that's awesome. That's the big step. Huge, huge undertaking. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you, do you do your own programming for the gym or do you have someone do that for you? No. So for a long time we did. And then, so my coach Max owns training think tank, which is ultimately mm -hmm. is a business. And so my GM is Brandy McGoldrick who went on a oh, team okay. with, and so her husband, Mike McGoldrick works for Max as well. And that was like one of the reasons of like getting both of them here on site was like, Hey, we'll give Brandy a job. Mike will have a job. And then like, they kind of not really separate when they're here, but like, he's with TTT technically like, and then Brandy's with me on the CrossFit side of things. And so I did it for a while. And then I realized it just takes so much time and energy to put into that. And I couldn't continue to keep doing that and feeling like I was giving hundred percent at it that me and Mike sat down and I was like, look, this is what we want to do. Would you be open to programming for the affiliate and doing this? And so he's been doing that for a couple of years now and it's been actually really good and it just allows me to not be worried about that like we still have meetings where we discuss what we want to work on in the upcoming based off of like what I see in classes or the feedback that we get and what members are trying to accomplish or for the open you change the prep and kind of the different time and season of what people are wanting to do then you we alter it to meet them but you're also still giving them a variety of movements and skills that like they need to work on that I just didn't have time to sit there and write down. Um, so, I mean, I think it's always, it's, it's one less thing to stress about by letting someone else that you trust handle it. Um, so if you find that being like a kind of like a burden almost of like, you're just not hundred percent sure, like then reach, I would say reach out to somebody, do it. I mean, you can reach out up to here with them and they could probably help as well. Um, but just finding something that you trust and know is going to be beneficial for everybody that you know is a good program because I mean, you can go into a CrossFit gym and they are programmed all differently and independently and not always sure on what to do and how to structure it and the compounding of shoulder movements. And if the shoulder girdle strength, like there's a lot of other things that go into it. That people think, no, you just write workouts and then you put them down on a sheet of paper. It's like, yeah, no, that's there's a lot more that goes into it. Um, but definitely having somebody that you trust to do that. Um, and that was just something that I didn't have time to focus on. And it definitely made my life way easier after I like let him do it. I was like, Oh my God, this is a relief, um, which was kind of nice to have. Yeah. I think I've been, I've been doing so much painting that I can't wait to do something like coaching or programming. <laughs> you know, I'm so I, sick of yeah. <laughs> is it just all of it it's just me for now yeah wow love it i mean yeah, yeah that's was for me a few years like, i guess nine years ago was pretty much my wife and i were in the 
gym and we were painting the walls, getting everything set up. And I mean, it's a, uh, but those are the moments you remember. Those are the good times that make it worth it in the very end of, it just shows you how far you've come and where you're at now. And I mean, it's a pretty yeah. cool process. It's definitely stressful at times. I understand that. And you want to be done painting, but it's definitely still. <laughs> at the, we'll get that. At, we'll get that. To see the progress. That's what, yeah. that's what it's done. That's what makes it worth it. So one thing I didn't know until just recently is that you and TTT actually share space. They, they sublet from you. Yep. So that makes it real easy uh, to train and run your affiliate when it's in the same building. Yeah. So more or less uh, a few years ago when, or I guess a few years a while ago, when I got married, uh, Max came down for our wedding. And so our gym's pretty much 12,000 square feet. And when you walk in, there's like offices, and then you go in and then we have like a locker room, bathrooms, all that. And then when you walk out to the gym, it kind of goes into like almost an L shape and part of like the back right or upper right corner was just kind of open. Like we had, we have about 6,000 plus square feet of just like wide open space on our side that where we did all the CrossFit side of things, everything was for that. And then on the other side, it was just like, we, I mean, at this point in time, it wasn't we weren't that big yet that we needed to expand to that side or anything. So we pitched Max the idea of like, Hey, would you want to move your business inside my business? And Atlanta was an easier airport than Utah at the point or at that point in time with him. And then it was easier for his coaches remotely to be here. We already had offices, like literally it was just kind of like it's set up perfectly for you. And so then his affiliate technically is like inside my affiliate. It's just like two different, businesses two different kind of like insurance entities all within itself that work together um but yeah it's definitely cool to have him more on site and be able to watch things and help with training and definitely when we like first started out it would be like okay he can just walk right out and see it versus me like filming sending him all the videos waiting for the emails to come back and that kind of thing that we've always wanted the in-person structure to be that way and then when it finally happened, we definitely saw a lot of benefits in both sides of things and how it helped us. And we definitely have some cool things that we're in the works of planning in the future together um, that I think will be exciting to share later on. But it's definitely some cool things that we've been able to develop and work together and kind of help both parties out from the coaching and training side of things to then even just like media that they bring in that just kind of builds the whole gym atmosphere as well so they both kind of knit well together so when all these other athletes come into town and train with max you're yeah. kind of the the hometown guy does does helping them acclimate fall on you at sometimes or is that pretty much just max and his team i mean a lot of times they're more coming to like train in the environment and train kind of like against me more or less like even when Noah would first come up here like neither one of us want to lose so we're constantly always kind of like pushing each other to find new levels of like what we're capable of doing and then it built a really good friendship from that to where we are now but it's like whoever's coming to visit and train like we're all athletes and we're all competitive so we're all going to do everything we can to win regardless of kind of like where it is, if I was in Miami or if he was here or if I went to Utah, wherever it is. Um, but it definitely is kind of like, it's a home turf kind of feeling like you want to protect it and stay in your ground and fight for it hard. Um, yeah. But as a, I wouldn't say there's like 
it falls on, I feel like both of us of like, they're coming here to learn from him and then still coming to train together to be pushed in different areas that, that I am good at that makes me feel confident pushing. And then it kind of helps me get better. It helps them get better. And then it helps also like build the total brand itself around everybody. Um, gives them more exposure and different things. Like even going into the games this year, we had, I mean, I think there was nine of us that were like on site tra- training for like the in-person. So it was like Noah, myself, Lauren Fisher, Alessandra Pacelli, Alexis Raptis, um, Cedric. I think like two other, man, I just drew a blank, uh, but a couple other people and then other people would come in randomly and train. And so it's just a really good environment to be surrounded with of, I mean, you have, it's not very often you have 10 high level athletes all in one place. And we literally trained every single day together. Different pieces were modified for different people for different reasons. But at the end of the day, when it was like pure Metcons and pure like CrossFit, we would all do it together. And you would definitely start to see that level up and get better that way through all of us pushing each other that side. Do any of them move there permanently? Noah did for a while, um, but like permanently for a long extended period of time. No, like I think Sandra was here for, I mean, six months, something like that. So, I mean, like they're here for a long time. And I mean, she moved from California, her dog, her husband all moved here. Um, Lauren was here for about six months and it was kind of like the start of the season all the way through, if they were to make it to the games or whatever, that you would keep training all the way through the games. And so you were technically here for that period of time from February to August. Um, but yeah, permanently, no, most of them still go back home. And I mean, that's the happy place, you know, like that's wherever yeah. they especially know us. Like he loves the Miami life. He loves the, those are all his people down there. And I mean, it's definitely a different vibe up here in Alpharetta, Georgia, you know, it's a more suburbs. And even though it's fun, you know, you can just tell he misses it down there. So I think it's even more beneficial for him to be in that environment that helps him and makes him happier than it would be like being up here. I mean, it'd be the same way if I was down there constantly, like I'd rather be back up here with my family and in this environment. So what did you do to make Alessandra retire? (laughs) I'm just kidding. No, I mean, even when she told me, I was like, are you sure? Are you actually going to be done? She was like, I don't know. I don't know. I think she just, it was time. Um, You know, I think everybody kind of hits that point at some point down the line of like, it's my time to just stop and throw it in the towel. And I think possibly her wanting to start a family and different things, like definitely from the female side, it is a much bigger undertaking of like starting a family than it is from a male's point of view, right? Like I'm not carrying a baby for nine months in my belly and my body's not going through all these changes. Um, Where if you're a female competing, like, props to Annie Thorstar, like knowing what my wife has done and been through to then see her come back and still be able to compete at this level is extremely impressive. And I think that in itself, people should be kind of blown away with like, that's, that is extremely fit. (laughs) Yeah. I I ran into her at Granite Games and congratulated her on making the games and said, you're the next Sam Briggs. And she's like, oh, hell no. I'm done after this year. (laughs) Yep. She's not. Yeah. So, um, so let's talk about Max a little bit. 
Um, I had the uh, privilege of being in the media pit at West Coast Classic and get to see Max kind of up close with athletes on the floor. He is very calm and cool in those situations compared to other coaches who are screaming and yelling and running. Is that the demeanor that you're looking for in a coach? For me personally, yes. I mean, I mean, the as much as he wants to yell and scream, it ain't going to change what's happening to me on the floor, you know, like that, as much as that's going on. And I think his demeanor and how he handles himself is always kind of in those situations. There's not much you can do, right? Like you're just sitting back. We've done all the work. We put in all the hard work. We've focused on what we could. We improved on the skills. He's wrote the strength progression, movement progressions, like literally everything has been written. Now it's like, okay, now it's on you. Go do what you know how to do. And I'm trusting you in this process as much as I trust him with writing the program and getting me to that point of where I can test myself to that point. And I think having him be calm in those moments almost keeps you calm um, where he's not getting agitated and worked up. Um, Even like at Rogue, for instance, like we have not like a rule, but like we joke of like, we trash talk each other a lot about anything and everything in the world that you can possibly think of. We make fun of each other. That's just our personalities with each other. Like he's a big brother. Like that's just how we interact. But when it comes to like, it's time to train and compete, like there's no trash talking about that. So as soon as we're done and the event is over, like you could be, I could be walking off the floor and he's going to say something smart. But then when it's like, no, like it's time to be serious. Like you need to go out into the floor. This is like the plan. This is how we should focus. This is what we should do. This is what I think you should do here and whatnot um it's definitely more of a calm kind of structure but i kind of like it i don't i like being fired up and excited but that's only for certain things right like i don't feel like you need to go into fran or something anxious and fired up like that because then it's just going to escalate your heart rate it's not going to keep you calm and regulated where if it's a one rm lift sure go for it like use that fire and fuel so i definitely think he knows how to bring it out at certain times but also in those situations around a bunch of people, his personality is like, he's just going to mind his own business. He's going to focus on what he can control. And that's just kind of how he operates. But yeah, he definitely sits back and just almost like observes everybody as it's all happening. Uh, he's not one to sit there and scream and yell too much. <laughs> I feel like I, I, the only time I've really heard about it was at a uh, Mac when I snatched 300 he told me he lost it. Um, so that was about the only time I've really ever seen him like that fired up about it. <laughs> well, he is very famous for being very cerebral about everything that he does in training, right? And yeah. that and that calm is a visual representation and that observation is a visual representation of that cerebral approach. And I just thought it was really cool to kind of see that in action. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. I mean, he's a very he's a very large human being and someone I would never fight ever um but it's definitely cool to see even things that he does inside the gym like training wise that most people would think there's no way this dude that's like 240 and looks like this could get into a position like this um but yeah it's definitely a it's a cool bond we have and i'll never tell him i really care about him because that's just not it's not what we do but he's definitely a very good guy and has taught me a lot and a lot more than just like from the fitness side of things about how to handle myself, control the emotions, then even learning how to like getting into like breath work, meditation, like all sorts of other avenues than just like, Hey, I'm going to write your program. And that's kind of it um, that he's pretty much become a brother out of. So it's definitely cool. 
Well, there's a couple things I want to talk about. The 300 pounds snatch. Yep. One of the most exciting events I've ever witnessed in person <laughs> when all of you hit the 300 pounds yeah, one after another. <laughs> there were so many of us. Um, yeah. So, I mean, leading up, I've never hit 300. It's always been like the talk and the discussion of, hey, that's the number like we're chasing. And I think most people have been chasing that. Um, but then when they announced a one arm snatch, I was like, all right, like, this is the time to like really test it in training. I hit like 295 and I had opportunities to go to 300 to max. So I was like, just wait, like save it for Mac. Like that's when it will matter. Like, so then leading up, like felt super consistent with how I was hitting everything. And then when I was working or while I've been working with my mental coach, one of the things was like, don't observe everything else of what everybody else is doing. But I mean, like I can hear, right. Like, so I could hear when someone's loading up 300 or something else. And it was like one, two, three people hit it like on the back row. And I was like, what in the world? And then, uh, then on the front row, I think there's four other people. And then it came to me and I was like, okay, like this is, this is the time now of like, you need to just zone in focus and stick this. And then to actually stick that in that moment, just, I feel like the way it all panned out and worked was probably like one of the highlights of my career, being able to do that in that moment, in that situation. It was definitely something I'll never forget. And Ty captured a photo of it. And then we actually hung it up in the gym. And I mean, it's like one of my favorite shots I've ever had of just all of it being captured the way that I'm screaming and yelling. You got Ben Smith in the background, like clapping. Like, it's just cool that that whole thing was, something you dream of hitting in that environment and to be able to do it that way was, yeah, it was special for sure. And the last thing I want to touch on Max is, is where I, where I learned to, to love you as an athlete and a person was the behind the scenes that was done at the games and the clown nose and the joking with Sevon and does Max try to keep you loose? Is that how you perform better when you're loose like that going into an event? Yeah. So yeah, the clown nose and things, that was something that year that we were just like, I mean, we, I just want to have fun. Like, I mean, we're out here like, yes, this is my job. Yes. I enjoy this, but there are times when it is very stressful, the environment the situation, just kind of all of it. So the whole point was to like, keep it lighthearted. So then he brought a red clown nose to really add it to the mix of, enjoyment and laughter that <laughs> came from that. And then definitely Savon adds a lot of uh, interesting questions that always try to stir the pot, which I always think is hysterical. Um, but I mean, yeah, he's definitely a funny guy that I've always enjoyed talking with and hanging out with. And then to now, even so at Rogue was kind of like a more testament of like things we've worked on. And I mean, each year you always take these things and you're like, all right, how can I improve upon that? What went well what can I apply differently next time and one of the things this time was don't leaderboard and no social media and it allowed me to be ultimately like more present throughout the whole weekend and just kind of honestly like enjoy competing again of not worrying about what place I was in not worrying about what other people were saying on social media whatever it may be that it just kind of allowed me to like okay you're just going there you're going to work out you're having fun like me and Max bought a basketball goal and a putter and ball that we literally had competitions in the hotel room before, after the events all day, every day. Like we had an 18 hole golf match. We had horse that we were playing constantly about like, so like 
it just kind of kept the environment lighthearted and fun than being all worked up and like, Oh, I need to be stretching and doing this. Like, yeah, I did those things, but it was more just having fun and how it is almost every single day when we're in the gym, like in between, I'm not sitting down for hours and waiting for the next event. I'm like uh, moving around, we're doing something, we're creating competition. If it's like, can you throw this ball through the ring from 30 feet away? First one to do it wins. Like, and it's not like anything comes from that, but that's just like how the environment has grown and cultivated over the years. And it's definitely, uh, yeah, it's definitely been fun to try to keep everything a little more, pressure off almost like I, I used to just have these unrealistic expectations of results or what I wanted or what I thought I needed to be doing versus just like that just didn't work for me and it was like I knew it worked for other people and I would try those things and it just wasn't it just didn't work and so it was just something that we decided like you, you just need to find what works for you stick with it it doesn't really matter and those are things we've kind of taken away and that we're going to start to carry over to kind of all the other events. Yeah, so that was going to be my question. What you said it was an experiment. So is that something? Obviously, at Rogue, it was something you could try out because you know the stakes aren't quite as high yeah. um, in terms of title and things like that. Do you think that'll be something that you'll incorporate as you move on to semifinals and games for the next season? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, the the whole leaderboard thing, it's it doesn't help me staring at it, right? Like I can look at it, but the obsession of like it's not like it's going to change when I look at it again but it's just like the okay how many points ahead what's the point gap okay who do I need to beat then you just start playing all these tricks on yourself and like thinking okay I need to beat this person by three points or three places to get these points to then move up to, and it's like you just start doing this math and all of this energy that you start spending on thinking about that is now used somewhere that it doesn't need to be where it's like, no, you need to put that energy into the workout and get the best result possible for yourself. So for me, it's being able to max was in charge of it. And I would, he would tell me after each workout, what place it was. And that was it. I didn't know anything else. I didn't know where anybody else stood. I mean, like I can tell by like when we're corralled, like you have an idea of like where you're at, but I didn't know where anybody was at. I didn't know what the point spread was. I didn't know how close somebody was to me or how close I was to someone else. And I think that just allowed me to like, okay, go out there, do your workout and be content walking off the floor that you gave your best. And that's just is what it is. Um, and it's definitely something I will carry over probably for the rest of my career into all these other events, because I think it was very beneficial for me to do that versus knowing the energy I've expended at other events by leaderboarding or watching or doing these things that it just, it takes away something from me and energy and confidence that I might carry over into like something that's not real almost. Um, so yeah, definitely something we'll carry over to the upcoming season and definitely the social media aspect as well. It's just not mm -hmm. beneficial. Yeah. At all. Have you have have you heard of some of the stories floating around these days about the scoring system and like that whole Z scoring? And I'm sure Max has probably, you know, looked into it. Do you have yeah. any thoughts on that? Ryan, I think from like morning chalk up, like did something together, but I honestly don't know really anything about it. I know there's a lot of other kind of like methodologies of how you think it can be scored to suit somebody that finishes higher up on other events and different things, but I haven't looked enough into it to really know um, 
what could come from it. And I think not saying I won't, but I think just based off of how the sport is, unless someone comes out like, Hey, this is going to be the new point system for us and how we're going to run things. Like if Wadapalooza is like, Hey, this is the new point structure we're going to use. Then I'll kind of look more into it. Or even if at the games, they decide to come up with a different structure. I mean, I definitely think you can improve and make those changes and make the sport constantly kind of keep evolving. And I think that will change at some point, but when I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, I think it yeah. takes time kind of with everything else that is all, it's all going to change and right. it kind of, yeah, it constantly will. And what happens, who knows, but I mean, I think the sport's definitely going in a, the right direction. Um, even like at rogue, like such a very well-run event from how like the athletes are treated to the fans, to having the strong man in between, to making it like an invite only like it's a very cool event to be part of and experience and i think that's just helping the sport overall um and i think hopefully these other big competitions will keep taking notes and even the games taking notes on the way things are handled and done and i think hopefully in like five ten years it'll just keep getting better and better and better yeah what was it like to have all that rest um, in between events at Rogue. Yeah. Right. I mean, the, I mean, it was nice. Like you show up at 11 o'clock in the afternoon, do a workout, come back at six o'clock and do another one. It was, it was kind of nice to have these long breaks. I mean, that's definitely just not, which I think was nice based off of all of us just finished the games. Right. So all of us just came from the games that not everybody was optimal going into that weekend i mean people probably had aches pains whatever it was but to be able to have those breaks in between not bury us into the ground doing seven workouts in a day like allowing the body to rest come back do it again come back do it again was like kind of a nice uh i'd say it was a nice feeling uh for the body and kind of the whole experience but yeah i think it's cool and i mean the payout was pretty close to what the games was paying out and you did half the workouts and half the amount of time too. So we'll see what happens if the games start to change that standard and level up their prize money. And if it's double, if it's double to make it 500, the amount of workouts that you're doing, who knows what's going to happen with the sport as it keeps growing. I'm going to come back to that in a second, but I was at yeah. Rogue. Um, yeah. The baseball stadium, I was shocked at how well that came across as a venue live with the shape of the stadium, it made it really easy with, for viewpoints for the fans from everywhere. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it definitely, I mean, I, I would have a hard time saying the point of view just based off of like, we're down on the floor, but just even looking at it and watching, like, even if you were like in the outfield, you could still see everything that was happening on the floor um, pretty easily. Um, there's only 10 people. So like, still condensed to where you're able to see it's not like there's 40 people across the board and you're like I don't know where anybody is and I'm trying to figure this out where it was pretty easy to in between events when you could watch see what was actually happening um but yeah I think they've kind of improved that I think I did hear some people that were like we just wish we were a little closer um like to the all of us working out and everything but I mean people are always going to have something to say about anything and everywhere you go that it's not always going to be perfect, but they definitely did a very good job with how all of that worked. 
Yeah, I was actually a volunteer there. I was working with the, the documentary team. So I was in the third yeah. base dugout for most of it. Yeah. So this is my only complaint. If they have the baseball stadium and you're and you're coming out of the third base dugout to be introduced, you should have walk-up music. Uh, yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> right? And w- so what song would you pick? Ooh. Oh, man, that's a good question. Uh, I thought maybe Lose Yourself by Eminem. I kind of like it's just it's a good song. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'd actually have to think about that because I feel like it has to be like a 10 second clip because how yeah. fast they doesn't bring us out that it would have to be something like almost like the beat drops and then I'm, I'm walking out something. Like- <laughs> yeah, but it was it would it was the perfect moment to throw something like that in because of the, the way they did it. Yeah. Um, well, the elevator music right before we were all about to do the max lifts was fantastic. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Walked out and I looked at Cole. I was like, is this the elevator music we're getting? And the judges like kind of laughed and like, yeah, apparently there was like copyright issues or something. I was like, oh, okay, well, perfect. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you don't they- think, yeah, as soon as it starts, you forget about all of that that's actually happening. But it was funny. We walked out and I was like, well, this is strange music that we're walking out to right now. Yeah, they didn't pay to have the rights to, to broadcast copyrighted music on YouTube. So it, it would have broadcast totally silent if they would have played music. Uh, all the little things. See, all the things yeah. you don't think go into it. And you're just like, we're out there. And we're like, what is happening? Yeah. Yeah, they made sure the swag bags were good, that you guys had a nice yeah. venue. The equipment was nice. Forgot about that stupid YouTube yeah. copyright. Yeah, thankfully they got it fixed for the rest of the weekend. But uh, yeah, it was definitely a funny kind of way to walk out yeah speaking speaking of swag bags um was that your first pair of cowboy boots uh it was uh really <laughs> yes i mean yeah i mean i don't think how are you feeling other... about those uh great i'm actually sending them to my brother um okay. <laughs> texas so that it, it's a little more fitting for him uh and his personality more so than mine i thought it was a really cool like addition to add i mean it's just like i'm not just most likely i'm never gonna wear them i'm gonna be fully honest there's not a chance wearing them i mean i feel like the only time i would wear them would be if i'm dressed up like a halloween costume mm-hmm. or some cowboy hat and everything because even my brother's like oh these boosties are so great and like knew everything about them even the cowboy hat like knew all about it and i was like i mean i couldn't tell you anything about any of this um it's a white hat and then i was like boots are brown and blue i mean i really don't know um to some people they probably love that like if you were sean sweeney you would probably be so ecstatic yeah Uh, but it definitely was cool i kept the belt belt buckle and belt which i thought was cool just the boots i'm like i'm not i'd rather my brother take these and get some actual use out of it than it just sit in my closet (laughs) yeah it looks like a fun experience yeah. yeah so you mentioned the season this is a, this was a new season. We've gone through so many different iterations over the last four years. And You've it been a part of all of them. <laughs> Do you like where we're going with the season structure? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I would say yes. I think it's, it's going in the right direction. I think there always can be small adjustments and modifications of the way they do things and, alter it to treat it more as a professional sport. Um, and re- just even in regards of like us paying to compete at the games, um, 
you know, like I get, but I'm like, as an affiliate, you pay for the judges course, you're paying for the, to compete on site. Then you pay for the semifinals, then you pay for the quarterfinals. And then now I'm paying again for the games and all these other things like those little things. I think if you're trying to make it a professional sport, when you're at the top 40 in the world, like they shouldn't be having to pay a 300 something dollar. I feel like registration fee to go compete. Um, and I'm not sure why it is that, but I'm just, I'm assuming just to make money, which <laughs> it, but then pay the athlete a little better. You think, you think they could put it in other places, you know, like everyone pay $22 to be in the open. They would cover that. And then some, yeah. I mean, if you look at the registrations that they have for the open and you do the math, like, you know, they're doing, they did well. And I'm not saying that renting a venue and doing everything they do is not cheap. And I'm not saying that, uh, I'm just saying, I think there's ways in the sport to make it actually more of a professional sport. And I think rogue this year actually highlighted some of those that made the athletes feel like professional athletes from covering the hotel, from giving them travel stipends to then paying for you to be there. Like those are things as an athlete make it very easy to be like, oh, okay, yes, I'll go this weekend to do this because this is still your job and you are doing this. Like I'm spending hours and hours away from my family inside a gym training nonstop to then, okay, well now let me fork out another 300 bucks just to like go to this where I've already spent a lot of money just to get to this point to then spend again. And then the hotels, let me spend here. And it's not always the best hotels. Sometimes no refrigerator, like little things like that yeah. that just add up that I think the venue and Madison should probably be somewhere else that can hold a larger community of people where people in Madison skyrocketed the prices of like Airbnbs and things uh, because they knew the games are coming. And then it's like, okay, well, that's a fortune. I'm not paying $4,000 a night for some little house. Um, but little things like that, like California was nice because it's massive, right? And there's all sorts of Airbnbs. There's all sorts of different things for the athletes to stay and hang out. And I mean, I think that's just with time though, that it will start to evolve and continue to get better because it has every year. I mean, even from when they first started to now, it's a way better event. It's a way better spectacle. It's a better fans and sport overall kind of environment than it is with anything else. But I think there's definitely room for improvement. And I think they'll kind of make those changes, I think, in due time. But I think it's, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's not bad. I mean, <laughs> yeah, my, my, own, my only fear, my only fear is that the games become um, minimized because the off season events are, are changing quicker. Yeah. Right. Rogue, Wadapalooza, Dubai, they could become your grand slam of events that, that athletes are going to say, why, why am I going to spend seven months of my, my season to make minimal money when yeah. I can go and just do an online qualifier and these three events and make three times as much? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens over time to those other events. Like, cause I mean, rogue it seems like could do whatever they wanted right like they could just make their own games if they really wanted but i mean i would assume definitely with crossfit that wouldn't happen um but i mean it's all it 
I think all it's doing is also helping the athletes, right? Like the out of season events are just helping the athletes and giving them other opportunities to compete with each other, make some more money, and then ultimately go to these cool places and have a good time, right? Like the Rogue was awesome. Dubai is always a very cool place to be. Um, Wadapalooza, you're in Miami, it's the sun. Like, so there's definitely these cool places you get to be, but they're at, they're treating it more professionally, I feel like. And I think the games can start to level that up and hopefully they will and kind of constantly improve on it. And I'm not saying it's a bad experience, but I think it could be slightly better in adjustments from even like the warm up area to then how long we have to walk ahead of time to get there and how we have to carry all three of our bags. Like, Hey, you don't know what you're doing today, but bring everything you pretty much own. And it's like, what? Like, I mean, I'm bringing four bags of like just shoes. Cause I don't know if we're doing something with cleats. I don't know if we have something on turf. I don't know if we're going up a hill. I don't like, and I get you're keeping the unknown aspect of it, but it's like, okay, we're already here. Like, who's going to go test a workout the day of the event and tell us like you're doing three events. This is the time they're happening versus like keeping it all so secretive. Um, or those are, I think the little things that could be improved upon. Um, I'm not saying you need to tell us the workout, but you can tell us when the workout's happening, where it's happening. And that's really what all kind of shoes you need. Yeah. <laughs> kind of little things of like, my coach was carrying around three different bags from one, from the warm up area to then the tenant or, Tennessee um Coliseum and it's like is that necessary probably not and then it's like I didn't even need any of it like I just needed my thumb tape and that was really all I needed for one event so I think it's it's little things like that that you can improve upon and communication but I mean I think the sport has grown a lot and I mean I've been doing it since 2012 pretty much as like a full-time job and it's it's definitely grown a lot since then if you're looking back at where it started to where it is now and I mean I think they can just take these things and start to learn and add them into the mix and make it a better overall experience I feel like for everybody but yeah yeah so we'll see can you talk a little bit about your um new sponsorship partner and explain to us how you pronounce TYR once and for all yeah, so Tier, they are big swim world. That's kind of where everybody knows them from. The, I mean, I think they sent 60% of the athletes to the Olympics in swimming, like for athletes here. Um, and so the CEO, Matt, uh, has gotten into CrossFit, kind of loves it. And then they believe that they can create pretty much a fantastic product inside the CrossFit space. And there's some super exciting stuff that we've been in the works of creating and doing that I believe is going to help just add some more competition to some of the bigger names in the sport, like Nike and Noble and Reebok that I think they're definitely, they're doing things the right way. And it's gonna, I think overall help. And it's pretty cool for me on this side to be able to, give input and direction on products and then they take the feedback and change it pretty much right away to fix it and then carry on. And then we start changing something else and then you work to this. And then I think being a high level athlete, knowing what you kind of like, don't like, and you can kind of see from other athletes and hear that, I mean, they're doing things the right way and it's going to take some time before everything is kind of like launched and sent out, but 
first them coming out at Wadapalooza and being kind of the sunglass sponsor is really cool. Um, I've never been a big sunglass guy and honestly they have like grips on the side so they don't slip and move. And then that was honestly at the games, the first time I've ever worn a pair of sunglasses pretty much through an event was just, they didn't move and they didn't budge and then they're polarized. So it makes it easier to see and little things that I never really wanted to, or never did wear because I just didn't like the way they fit or something else that now there's a company taking pride and effort to improve upon what the athletes are saying and doing um, for me was ex super exciting to be teamed up with and kind of work in this direction of bringing them into the CrossFit space. Yeah, that's really cool. And thank you for pronouncing it the way we're supposed to, because yeah. I've been calling it tire my whole life. <laughs> I, my wife, she was like, yeah, you mean two hour? And I was like, yeah, no, it's tier. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, we'll, we'll get everybody on it. Everybody will start to understand over time. You know, it just takes yeah. time. And did you say that this, the CEO started CrossFit and that's how he sort of stumbled upon this opportunity? That is so cool. Yeah. yeah. So then I know people like, so the swimmers from what I've gathered with discussions with him and a few other people inside the company is like the swimmers do CrossFit and dry land training. And so a lot of them have like enjoyed the CrossFit training aspect. And through that, he's got into it. And I know um, some of his other employees were like, um, competed at regionals and the games. And so then they all kind of tied together. And then in that he started doing it and then fell in love with it. And then now it's kind of just grown to what it is now, but it is cool that it's like someone with that kind of background and understanding and then being like, you know what, I think we can dive into this market and make a big impact. And that's what they're trying to do. And it's pretty cool to see that it's like, it just started with a spark of like, Hey, this is fitness, but okay. Yeah. Now what do as a company even though we've pretty much solely been just in swimming now start to diversify and get into other sports like I know they have some NFL guys now then they have now CrossFit people then they have so they're starting to broaden who they're actually able to sponsor and be teamed up with and it's pretty cool to kind of like be at it this early on and kind of help and chime in and add input mm -hmm. on things improved and things I've taken from other sponsors. Like I was sponsored by Reebok. I was sponsored by Nike. And then now being sponsored by them, like I can take things that I've learned and gathered over those years and then work towards creating something even better with them. And then I get to add more input, which for me is very exciting. Um, it's, I actually get to say like, no, this just, it's, isn't comfortable. This is heavy. This doesn't feel good, whatever it may be to then, them making the changes and then be like, no, this is the right, like you're on the right track. Let's keep going down this route. And I mean, there was times with other companies, I would say stuff and then it'd be, they'd be working on something that was like three years down the line. So it was like, oh, okay. So everything that we just tested was completely irrelevant to whatever you needed. Um, so, okay, cool. Um, that was pointless. Um, so, but this is definitely something a little more hands-on and something I actually get to be a bigger part of. Maybe, maybe we'll see like a, a, a mayor line of products coming down the pike. That would be super cool. No, you never know. <laughs> yeah. So my, my background, my background is actually swimming. And when I was in the swimming game, they had just come on the scene yeah. in swimming. They, you know, Speedo and Arena were the two big companies and they had just kind of got started. And that was many moons ago when they just invented water. But <laughs> since then they, you know, they, they're now dominating it, but um are they going to come out with a shoe or is are they just pretty much apparel at this point? Yeah. So, I mean, there's definitely, 
a lot of things in the works. We'll just say that. I mean, I, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure exactly what all I can say, but we'll just say there's a lot of cool things in the works. Um, sunglasses, clothing. I know a lot of other things that they have planned. Um, and just when those things will be released and announced, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I would just keep your eyes out that there's going to be some pretty cool things coming. Awesome. Well, before I let you go, I got, I got to ask, um, you have a killer tattoo game. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I love the one on the left shoulder. Is that like a, like a sundial clock type thing? No. So it's actually a compass and then kind of like a map on the upper side. And then, so this was after, so each of them have been for my kids, um, on my arms have been Easter. So this is my first child, second child, third child and then we'll go this arm for our fourth one um later on but so pretty much it has the time of he was born in the bottom of the clock and then his name through it and then the compass throughout it and then his date of birth on the top and then just kind of like random map throughout the rest of it and what have you done for the other two kids so then the other one is a lighthouse on this side and then pretty much just meaning like wherever you go in life like your mom and dad will always be here. will always be the lighthouse for you. And then the other one is the lion and I'll always be the protector of him. And then he's the cub. And then my wife is pretty much representation of the lion and the elephant for her. Those are really cool. Hey, yeah. So then we'll see what happens on the other arm. I'm still in deciding. I don't ever rush. And usually I have ideas pretty quick. Um, when we've, our child has been born, like it just kind of comes to me very quickly. Um, but with our daughter, I have been stumped um, and trying to figure out what exactly I'm going to do. I have ideas and concepts, but then with the guy I work in with, he's in Canada now, um, was in Spain before. So now he's in Canada, which is a much closer place to get to. Um, we'll kind of see what we come up with and decide. Um, yeah, I don't ever like to rush into it. I always like to take my time and make sure it's exactly what I want. And then we pull the trigger and go that for it. What was the most painful part of those tattoos? Hmm. <clears throat> the guy that did this one on my arm just tattooed more aggressively. Like he, when shade, he was like, like, I mean, he was in there. Um, and I mean, there was like, you just like want them to move the needle oh. just a little bit. It just feels yeah. like they're hammering the same spot yeah. over. Oh. Yeah. So for me, I feel like that, that one. And then on like the little cup here, this portion took about six hours, like just this little portion. And so like, you know, like they do it, they wipe it, they do it, then they wipe it and they go and then they wipe it. And then I think it was like, after like three hours, I was like, we can move to a different part of my body anywhere that like you can come up, I don't care what you do just get off of this and then in my head I'm like no you're tough like you are so tough don't you don't you give in right now and I'm like having this conflict inside of like no just tell him to move no you're like no you can't you can't you need to just sit here so then for the next like three hours I'm pretty much just having an internal dialogue of like I really want to move right now but I'm not gonna say anything um so I ended up not saying anything and then eventually he moved on and it was great but it's just because all the little nerves and it's super sensitive um, but I'd probably say those two, my side was uncomfortable, but that was more just when they start, it's when they start shading, you know, when they start really getting in there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I would. It's almost like, it's almost like getting into a, a deep workout too. When you said like your, your head, like, you're like, can we stop now? Can this be over? You know? And then you just kind of keep going. Um, yeah. I was curious, do you have to plan out, um, sort of around when you're competing in things? Because 
I have not, yeah. mine are all in my trunk, but I've heard that like when you do your arms and things, sometimes you can get like really swollen and sort of yep. painful. Yeah. The one on my forearm I did immediately after the open. Um, it was like the open was done. Next day I flew out. Because um, mm. I was going to have like four or five days kind of like low key and off. So, and I knew I needed two full days of tattooing. So I was like, okay, this is kind of like the block of when I have and it ended up like working out perfect. Um, I feel like I actually got one during the middle of the open, which was a bad idea. Uh, thankfully there was no ups that week, which ended up like panning out work favor. Um, but yeah, I tried to honestly pick when I know I'll have downtime. So then I can actually let it heal and not jeopardize like anything happening to us. Um, and yeah, then my son's my son's looking to get his first tattoo and he's he's 18 he wants one on his forearm and he's a pitcher and he said uh, like thanksgiving is like the only time he can he can get it and he wanted to come home and get the appointment like right away i was like it doesn't work that way <laughs> you have to you need, you know, maybe next year yeah like the the guy i have i think he was thankfully i like created a relationship with him so it's a little easier to get into now but i remember at that point it was nine months of yeah just like ahead of time and I mean that's pretty that's not very much compared to some people I mean I know some people that are a couple years out um even just to like get on the books and then you have like a year before you can even start and go and do like a mock-up of like what you want in person and then after that then you actually have it um but thankfully yeah it's now I told him I told him I said if you get an appointment in in two days when you come home for a tattoo that's not the tattoo you want to get (laughs) don't want to rush you yeah. want to you can uh yeah i guess most of mine were hidden for a long time and then well, i finally pulled the trigger and got a one for the full sleeves i never said i would and then my wife not too long or not so a couple years ago after the this side was like i think you should do your other side and i was like hold that thought and i opened up my phone and recorded it so i always had it documented that she said i could get both arms done <laughs> Was, was that the sign that she wanted a fourth baby or was yeah. that just? It could have been. I mean, now that you say <laughs> that, looking into it, that definitely could have been the, the, the kind of like, That's code. I'm not going to actually say something about it. Like, Hey, you can get another tattoo, but do you want another kid kind of thing? Uh, <laughs> right. But yeah, no, we're done. Four, four is yeah. great. Four is enough. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was tattoo free till I was 51. Oh, that's and awesome. And then I got this done and it was the armpit. Oh yeah, that's deep. The shading in the on the armpit. I wanted to die. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it definitely gets uh, very sensitive in that area. I mean, I, mine come into that armpit too, and it's when they start pushing down. It's like it's funny how sensitive certain areas can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this was fun, Travis. Awesome. Um, uh, again, you're one of my favorites. I'm so glad we got you on here. Uh, yeah, I've completed number one on my wish list now. There you go. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. It was a good time, but we got to chat. Yeah. And have a great day, man. This is this All was right. awesome. All right. No problem. Okay. You guys, see you guys. Thank you for joining us on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast. Remember, you can find us now on YouTube as well as all major podcast platforms. Please go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you use and consider giving us a five-star rating. 
Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends.